Welcome to Tart Club. Turgid Tomes is a wanton book club where we get together every other Wednesday to eat, drink, and discuss the latest romantical read. If you happened upon this podcast and don't like the F word or boners, now's your chance to GTFO. This is your official explicit content warning. This podcast is highly inappropriate and listener discretion is advised. are you guys doing oh my god my cats are driving me crazy they know you're recording so they're being bad yeah they're like getting into they're over by my boots i don't like it Mm, they're gonna leave you a turd in your boot probably especially bowie he's always pooping (laughs) speaking of turds Let's talk about Bridgerton season two. All right. I didn't write anything down. I figured. I I made like a couple notes because my memory is really bad. And I watched it the first night. I got home from work, had dinner, watched the first episode with Nick and just stayed up until 3 a.m. and finished the entire season in one night. Oh, dang. I finished it over a weekend. Yeah, I have problems. Greetings, fellow tarts. Ashley here, your head hussy in charge. And surprise, this is a bonus episode. Danny and I covered the second Bridgerton book a couple weeks back, The Viscount Who Loved Me by Julia Quinn. And after it went live, two days later, the second season of the Netflix show came out as well. So we have both watched it. And we have some thoughts and feelings that we would like to share with you all. Yes. We're winging it. Yeah, we're winging it. We're winging it. We're wild. We're off the rails. Yeah, there's no roadmap for this episode. If you thought we were annoying and off topic before, welcome to hell. (laughs) (laughs) So first things first, there had to be changes made to adapt it for television obviously yes but i was kind of surprised by some of them the things they omitted a lot of the things they left out yeah we had discussed how most of their struggle was internal and it needed external so of course they made the love triangle between kate edwina her sister and anthony real it was not like that in the book. Edwina didn't give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I guess, I guess I'll marry this man for his money, but um, I want a scholar. But in the show, they made it an actual love triangle, which... Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I wasn't a fan of it because it made me really uncomfortable, but it's like, I get it. This is the obvious choice because just some things will work in a book and just will never work on screen. And I feel like all that internal struggle they had, unless there's a narrator. Oh, God, please no. No, we don't need that. We don't need any of that. So they cut a lot of the internal stuff. Let me see. Okay. So they cut out the whole drama and traumatization of Kate with her mom's death. Yeah. And then they cut out Anthony 
thinking he wouldn't outlive his father, which was essentially the main reason for everything in the book. (laughs) So they changed a core aspect, which makes sense because you and I had discussed how a lot of people really wouldn't understand that unless they've lost a parent already. Yeah. Or lost a parent young. Well, I think it still worked with the way that his main conflict for not marrying for love is just a responsibility of being head of the family. Yeah, by taking the internal trauma they had in the book, they redirected it to both of them being so similar as the eldest sibling and having to be responsible for their families so their characters would relate to each other better. Yeah. What did you notice? Did you notice anything that got cut? Edwina, they never, she never went on the date with her suitor like you know when Kate and Antony were walking around Rotten Row yeah and Newton got loose and then Edwina was sick for a while yeah Edwina was sick and that's how Kate got a little more I want to say intimate with Antony they had more one-on-one time they got to know each other yeah they basically just swapped out the sisters having a suitor so in the books Edwina had a suitor I can't remember his name he was some doughy white guy He was a scholar. He was kind of a nerd and they actually liked each other. That's why the love triangle in the book wasn't actually a love triangle uh, because Edwina really didn't give a shit about Antony other than marrying well for her family. I kind of wish that they would have kept to that in some sense just because it made Kate to be out almost like a villain. Yeah. So Kate received a suitor, albeit brief. But she was the one that ended up having a suitor. It was just a means to make Antony realize his feelings and get super jealous. Yeah. But the biggest thing that was gone, Suckgate 1814. (laughs) Where was the venom sucking? Right? I get it. You can't make that sexy. But you, <laughs> you can't make that sexy. Well, it wasn't supposed to be, though. She was, like, appalled that he was yeah. sucking on her chest. No one was even around when they, she got stung by a bee. I know. That's the part that irritated me. It's I really like what they did with it in the show. They ended up making it more meaningful. But... That was the whole thing. I wanted them to get caught. Yeah, right. But maybe they felt it was too similar to season one. Daphne and Simon got caught in the garden. Maybe not, because what the fuck is with all these women falling off horses every season so far? No, it was a carriage. Yeah. The horse thing was not in the book. So they added some stuff. Oh, I mean. Clearly. Yeah, the the love triangle. They completely changed the circumstances with Edwina and Mary and Kate because Kate Mary married Kate's dad because he felt she needed a mother but like the way that they put it in the show her family disowned her when she married Kate's father yeah and then Kate reached out to Mary's parents the Sheffields so that Edwina could get some kind of dowry or whatever that was only that bothered me is that mary and edwina were in the dark kate was taking all this upon herself as the yeah the sibling make sure her sister was taken care of but ultimately she was just kind of like the villain of the whole story because she was just trying to do what's best and like her sister actually had feelings for this guy and i feel like i don't know i'm just gonna say it anthony bridgerton's pr team paid off the writers to do damage control yeah 
they're like oh no everyone's gonna hate him we can't we can't have it like this uh let's shit on kate oh yeah which i do like that they made kate more assertive in the show i love that but you're right they kind of vilified her and made him less so of a villain even though like in the book it was opposite well i'm like edwina and kate were so close as sisters and it's like she would never do something like that to her sister if she really if they're as close as you know like yeah i'm convinced anthony's pr team got a hold (laughs) of these scripts and did some rewrites Right, they gave them a lot of positive character growth Yeah, in this season. Because I rewatched season one right before watching season two. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to watch a whole season of this guy <laughs> as the leading love character because he's so insufferable. Plus, it was even more so in the book. Here, like, you know, he had some character growth with his mom and his siblings and really tried to do right by Edwina. And it's like, they're making it really hard to hate him. <laughs> And making it really easy to hate Kate. Yeah, what the fuck happened to the opera singer? I know, she was, like, not even a thing. Oh. Yeah, well, we talked about that, how, like, oh, well, maybe that'll be... No, they just made it her sister, which I assumed they were going to do to the sister. It's the obvious choice. Do I like it? No. Does it make sense? Yes. But the more interesting choice would have been to bring the opera singer in. But the problem with that is that it would have made Antony look bad. Which he did in the books. Yeah. Also, okay, I was joking around in our episode about his mutton chops. You know, they're just yeah. cyber. They're not actual mutton chops. But they look terrible in season one. And then I just kept, and I made a joke about it. They shaved those fuckers off so fast. Yeah, they were gone. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no. Like, never mind. But yeah, so it basically kind of kind of took a bit of a shit on Kate. Yeah. It just kind of irritated me because, okay there's no venom sucking which i will forever refer to as sucky 1814 there wasn't that that made sense okay but they took out him talking about how it was fine to have a mistress they took out him being a minute man they took out all of the things that he referred to as lesser than yeah when he kicked her oh my god yeah they took out the kick in the stomach they took out so much of the book it's like damn just rewrite his whole character just do it they did they gave him a complete character change like no one's gonna watch this show which i went in biased because obviously we read the book already so we're like ah anchovy here we go but they ended up making kate less likable which i i don't really appreciate that but whatever um, I get they had a mountain to climb to make him palatable to audiences. Yeah. Especially how they wrote him in season one, aka, you know, like his character in the book. But I will say when he and Kate were discovered and Daphne walked in mm. and he went after her and she's like, Oh <laughs> look at you, pot cowling the kettle black. Like ah, that was like my favorite part. Did you not force me to like get married? to some guy who didn't want to marry me and now you can just waltz out of this room because you're a man edwina's gonna meet you at dawn bitch pistols get them ready mm-hmm. oh god that, i love that that was like my favorite part i was like yes finally someone calls this out do you know um why reggie john page wasn't in um this season 
was there drama no i don't think he wanted to be tied to such a large franchise oh okay now that's just what i heard that's hearsay i don't actually know but i i really don't think there is any drama yeah which is kind of interesting i was reading i've read like a few like articles and stuff that have come out about the show since it aired and i'm like a lot of these actors have been a lot of the similar shows some some of them even work together on shows before it's interesting to see how their career started versus like what it's going to be like now that Bridgerton is such a big hit Kate is actually on this show called Sex Education oh yeah I saw that just started watching it Friday yeah it's really good it's so funny but it's also so cringe Mm. it makes my pits a little sweaty my secondhand embarrassment game is so strong (laughs) I can't handle this right now. I can't do it. That's why I haven't watched Pen 15. Oh, man. It's it hits so close. And talk about taboo subjects. Yeah. Okay. Let's get to the romance aspect of the book versus the show. Um, obviously, it's an enemies to lovers trope. Right. Which is a favorite amongst many. You know, usually there's like a huge payoff. Oh, for sure. This, and I know they wanted it, they wanted to, they definitely differentiated this season from last season. Because last season was all sex, all the time, in your face. Oh my gosh, there was so much sex. Well, Daphne and Simon got married. What, third episode? Yeah, whereas then, the pacing was so different for the show. It spent more courting. Yeah. We didn't even see them get married. We didn't even see that like, oh, she's never had sex before. Like Kate looked like she knew what she was doing. I hated that they cut all that out. I mean, we got nothing out of their marriage. Like they didn't even discover that they loved each other until after they were married. Yeah. The writers in this, I think they were trying to prove a point or do it more from the female gaze and the buildup was more important, which makes sense. It's it's enemies to lovers. There has to be a lot of buildup and tension. But when you do that, there has to be a payoff. Yeah. We all knew they were going to end up together and you built so much tension, but there was barely any payoff. Yeah. So they kiss after the wedding's called off, but I'm pretty sure it's the second to last episode is where they finally hook up and Anthony goes down on her in the gazebo. Woo woo, win win. But then after that, you know, she has the injury. They think she's going to die. Drama. Then he's an idiot and acts yep. like he wants to marry her because he defiled her when it, you know, it's really, it's like, okay, she almost died. Are you finally going to admit your feelings or are we going to continue doing this fucking clown dance you've been doing this whole season? Yeah. Then, you know, they get married you we got a partial sex scene yeah and then after that they played paul mall they played the game of cigarettes <laughs> as danny has coined it which was cute don't get me wrong i liked it it was cute yeah you know and they're all over each other all handsy and kissy and stuff but that's not enough and i thought that was weird too for all that tension all that tension you built and that's it which I'm not saying, oh, I want to see pornography. No, just show them as a couple. And the big moment, like uh, Kate losing her virginity was a huge moment in the book. Oh, yeah. I mean, she had no idea Yeah. what to expect. You no, know, and like I thought it was weird that at that last scene where they were playing 
like they just came from bed and were like playing the game yeah how they were so affectionate and it's like yeah I know you're in front of family but like for this kind of high society I just I still found it weird they had to include it because they literally didn't have any actual physically romantic scenes there were only three and two of them you didn't even like see anything no I'm just gonna say the actors did an amazing job building up the tension they were great I loved them the casting was beautiful I just wish there were more of a payoff I feel because in the book you actually what is it the last quarter of the book at least they're married oh yeah and you get to see their relationship progress but in the show they're just oh we're married now we're all over each other cool 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 everything's fine not enough (laughs) even the build-up was a little lacking because they would just have these shared moments where it's like really short and brief and it's like we're supposed to believe that they're building a romance based off of these super brief encounters after watching this it was so weird to me going on social media and seeing all these people just gush over anthony or anthony just gush about him he's so hot oh my gosh my panties are wet over there okay I'm an adult, but (laughs) their scenes where they were building tension where they almost kiss, but they don't. There's like two or three of them throughout the season. They literally get so close. Their faces are touching. Parts of their faces are touching, but they're not actually doing anything. And they're breathing really hard. And the only thing I can think is what if one of them ate garlic for lunch? And they're literally just like breathing each other's air. They're breathing into each other's mouths. That's how close they are. but that's just me that's a me thing but so many people loved it and they're like "Ooh, he going feral I didn't realize he sniffs her a lot he like sniffs the air around her a lot in the season well I think that's a callback to the book because he talked about how she smelled of like lilacs or something like he he talked about like how that was one of the things about her that drove him crazy was the type of soap that she used smelled really and you know that could be also like a pheromone thing too. I feel like it's really difficult to make someone sniffing something else sexy or someone else sniffing someone else sexy. Like it's just so Well, and like that was that was an internal monologue thing. So it's like Yeah. It's like a weird way to translate it from a book to like a scene in a show and not have a creepy or weird yeah like she would walk by and he'd be like yeah <sighs> yeah so there is a lot of talk of him Ooh, he goes feral Ooh. okay i mean fair because it, those scenes were really well done for what they were supposed to be yeah and just because it's not my thing doesn't mean they're bad they're really well performed yeah I just feel like those moments that he had with Kate after he and Edwina had called off, well, Edwina basically called off the wedding. Mm-hmm. He was just like, all right, I'm free of responsibility to her. So now I can act like I like Kate. And it's like, I feel like in the book, they had a lot of moments like that, even when he was courting Edwina. And that's why Kate was like, stop yeah. close to me. You're trying to date my sister. She liked him, but she's like, no, 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 you're dating my sister. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. There were more of those moments. I mean, like, as soon as the wedding called off, they're fucking making out on stage. It just, again, it just made, made it seem like 
Yeah. She wasn't that likable because it's like no sister would actually do that. Don't worry, Antony's still trash (laughs) overall. Yep. Okay, so something that cracked me up, and I do remember him constantly saying he was a gentleman in the books, right? Yeah. Okay. He kept saying almost every kind of weird tense romantical scene with kate oh yes he's gonna stand there and claim to be a gentleman as he's eye fucking the woman he's courting he's eye fucking her sister within an inch of her life Mm -hmm. but you know he's a gentleman but yeah keep that dream alive buddy at least it felt a little more sincere in the show than it did in the book yeah like at least in the show it seemed like he had some restraint Because in the book, he's like, oh, well, now that we're engaged, let's just fuck in the gazebo. (laughs) And she's like, I haven't even got a ring yet. (laughs) Get the fuck out of here. Like, he was such a horn dog in the book. That's right. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just, I can't. I can't. Like, he was actually more of a gentleman in the show. Yeah. Than in the book. Because he wanted to just fuck everything. Yeah. They made him much more likable in the show. And I feel like they made... Kate a little less likable which was shitty but I should put a disclaimer out if you haven't read past book two and you don't want to know any spoilers maybe stop listening (laughs) just uh skip ahead like uh 10-15 minutes (laughs) okay thanks bye (laughs) might be in a bit of a pickle (laughs) next season because apparently they might not go in the book order for the show if we're going by the books benedict's story is next which also he, what he's bi now i guess i guess he's bisexual no one ever which i haven't read his book he could be buying his book i doubt it but it was just kind of i it felt kind of i felt like they're really trying to push that hetero shit yeah like they they kind of dabbled in like maybe he would get some experimental stuff in like with the art crowd because it seems like a safe space to try new things but then yeah he was like oh madame delacroix come on we all know that it was like a fun thing that felt really odd there's nothing wrong with being bisexual absolutely not well you know he could even be pan who knows it could just be based on the personality but i just it's just weird in the way they did it so you rewatched season one right yeah they hinted that maybe he would be interested in other men there were hints yeah i feel like they tried to hint at it and then it turned around season two and they were like nope he is so straight this is the straightest man you'll ever see right i thought he was gonna be hooking up with the the other painter that was sitting next to him not the model yeah I did not read the room correctly. No, we were going off of the hints in season one, which they decided apparently to let completely die, which, you know, he does end up with a woman in the book, but that doesn't matter. He he can be bisexual. It's okay. He can go sleep with a bunch of men if he wants to and still marry a woman. Yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with it. Like, people who try and, like, put people in boxes will have a problem with that. Yeah. But that's their problem. Yeah. I think Shonda and the writers and, you know, I think Julia Quinn has part of it, too. Like, whatever they're doing, I think they're doing a good job. Yeah. Like, it's a diverse cast. The costumes and the scenery are beautiful. You know, they're making it such an interesting romance story. 
you know, I trust the writing. Yeah. Obviously, it's a good show. So I think whatever they do, well, people will still like it. And if they don't, there's still going to be a lot of people that like it. It's not going to hurt the show. Yeah, they're juggling 16 main characters. Because it's not just the eight siblings, it's their significant others that will also get a lot of airtime once it comes to their story. Right. You're juggling 16 main characters and like 100 B characters, like sub characters and all their storylines and everything. And you have to group them together. See, the books, they get to focus on one couple at a time. In the show, one couple is the main focus, but they're already building other couples up. Right. But yeah, the whole, I thought I was the only one that noticed the Benedict thing, but then I saw there was an article about it. I was like, okay, all right. It wasn't just me. That was okay. <laughs> it was kind of like, please stop trying to shove him being fully straight hetero down everyone's throats. That's weird. Thanks. Bye. Yeah. It's like they, they want to keep a certain image of him and it's like, well, why can't, like, he doesn't have to be just one way. Yeah. I don't know. It was just kind of irritating, but I bring that up because as I said before, apparently Shonda might not go in order of the books. So when we talk about them, I don't know. Now I don't know what book is going to correlate with the season and they may have to include two books in a season, which I have a feeling they're going to push Colin and Penelope next season come to a head now and you're gonna have a whole other season where what you're just not gonna talk about it we need to talk about colin mm-hmm. i have some things to say first of all i love colin's character he seems i like he's a boy and i think in the show he's supposed to be like what 21 22 he is like oh penelope you're so important blah 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 but you're just a friend he is leading her on so much she knows he's not interested, but she lets herself yeah. like him anyway because he is such a likable guy. They're both fucking up. And he he does, um, you know, look out for her and her family. Like, you know, they are very close yeah. in that way. But this whole thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to go check on your cousin Marina. And it's like, why? She's married. What? Like, what was he expecting to get out of that? Like, did he want her to be miserable so he could, like, whisk her away like she's married to a a good man who's providing for her and her kind of illegitimate child like her situation's not going to get much better than that yeah I would say it was for closure but then after the fact he kept trying to go around talking about oh she doesn't seem happy and everyone's like she's fine it's like it's none of your business it's none of your business if she's happy or not she's not happy blah 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 and it's like well what are you gonna do What are you going to do about it? She's married. It's none of your business. That's her husband's business, though. Yeah, well, his whole thing is like, oh, Penelope, you're such a good friend. It's like, okay, well, then stop fucking leading her on and stop pining after someone who you cannot be with. And who is married. And then, like, that locker room talk of, like, oh, God, I would never date Penelope. And it's like, fuck you. It's like, you're clearly, like, a boy still. That was shitty. That was so shitty. She tells him, like, Penelope cares for you. And he's just being purposefully obtuse. Like, oh, Penelope? I had no idea. It's like, shut the fuck up. 
yeah yeah okay you're not that you're dumb but you're not that dumb you're not blind right you're just dumb something i really appreciated in the show was that they didn't completely wash out the sharma's culture oh my god i thought that was so beautiful like i and i know yeah i mean i don't know a lot about um their culture but no like i did pick up on a few things like kate wore a lot like a lot of jewel tones and even like her mother's like bracelets were like jewel tone and like when she was um doing edwina's hair mm-hmm. Like, I picked up on that. And then also, like, the wedding ceremony of, like, the rubbing. I think it's, like, turmeric or something. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, I love that. Representation matters. Fuck yeah. I mean, say it over and over again until people finally get it. But, like, what some people may not notice is, like, a huge deal to other people. That's so shitty. It shouldn't be a huge deal because it should be incorporated all the time. Right. Well, because when it is represented, it's, like, in a really awful, like, stereotypical way. Mm-hmm. Which I think, you know, movies are finally moving away from. But, I mean, how long did it take for us to get here? yeah i know it's bullshit um what were you gonna say you're gonna say something oh you were talking about penelope and eloise's like fight oh their fight made me so sad i know eloise kind of annoyed me a little bit this Mm -hmm. season how she was on her high horse about stuff but then thought she was out of the realm of consequences like she could still do whatever she wants it's like yeah you are sneaking off to go talk to a boy who's out of your station alone at odd hours about things that could be seen as controversial and you don't think the rules apply to you just because you don't like how society works and then was kind of hiding her crush like from Penelope because she knew what she was doing was wrong deep down. Yeah. Which I have no problem. Like, I was happy for her to, like, find a boy that she actually liked. Yeah. Yeah, that part of it was was cute once it, like, got done being stupid. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so disappointed in Penelope. Oh. When she, like, wrote about Eloise. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. And this is why I'm kind of irritated on with both of them. Okay. Yeah. I'm I'm at Penelope also. Yeah. So when the queen thinks Eloise is Lady Whistledown, she threatens Eloise's entire family. Yeah. Right? Okay. So Penelope actually is Lady Whistledown. And she's talking about, you could have come forward. You could have told the queen. Da, da, da. I'm sorry. Did you forget that part where the queen threatened your entire family? Yeah. What do you think is going to happen to Penelope if she were to come out with that? And then with Penelope, you could have just made something up that wasn't as severe. Right. But I think she really wanted to make sure that the queen wouldn't think it was just like a fake. But at the same time, because it could be proven. True. But still, it's just like, you didn't have to go that hard in the paint, Penelope. Also, that would have been an opportune moment for her to be like, I have something to tell you. I'm Lady Whistledown. We need to figure this out. Yeah. So that I can remain anonymous and you and your family will be safe. Yeah. But also then that less drama for the show. Yeah. A lot of people complained about the side plots getting so much attention, like especially the Featheringtons. 
but I'm pretty sure they're setting up Penelope's book next for the show. I was going to say, like, I don't mind the side stuff that much because, Mm-mm. first of all, I can only handle so much of Antony in one sitting. But also, the books only focus on one couple at a time, and it it's lacking in that sense that it doesn't have extra stuff. So, like, yeah, it's almost refreshing for it to, like, go to the queen and then go to this sibling or that sibling, or even how, like, now they're going to Montrose's bar instead of going to White's and we're seeing Benedict in art school. And I kind of like that side stuff because... Yeah. You know, knowing that there are more books and other siblings to be married off, it's just setting up further seasons because not everything gets closure at the end of each season. No. The only closure you get is the main couple. Kate and Nancy are now married. Which we didn't even get to. Okay, you were about to show us his wedding to her sister, but you can't even show us their wedding. That's fucked up. Yeah. I didn't like that. You know, it's like we really got we got jilted on their relationship from the get go. There was all this focus on the drama of courting. And then like we got a couple episodes of Kate and Edwina not really talking. That was stressing me out. Yeah. You know, I have a sister. So like the few episodes where Kate was trying to make it up to Edwina, it's like, God, I just want them to reconcile already. Like I'm so anxious about this. (laughs) Did you also have the sweaty bit? I did. It's like, I just want them <laughs> to hug and make up. And, you know, in the book, Edwina gives Kate her blessing. Like, oh my God, silly. Like, go marry him. Of course you like him. I know they did it to include another problem and an obstacle of Antony and Kate getting together was the dowry and the grandparents. Yeah. But I just, you're right. It just, it was just one more thing to make Kate the bad guy. Yeah. Like, that wasn't necessary. If you wanted to make it a real obstacle, you could have had Edwina show even more interest if you wanted it to be more, oh, there didn't, I know they, I know they're like, oh, we can't go too hard into this because then everyone will hate Kate if she like legit has feelings for this guy, which she did, but she didn't because it just comes off as her being really young and naive and not knowing what love is. And she just thinks he's handsome and considerate. But they also show how little they have in common, like during the game of cigarettes. She was not having a good time. I just didn't like how they were like, they pushed Edwina so heavily into her feelings with Antony. Like, I want him. I want the Viscount. It's like, why you don't even know him he's like 10 years older than you which i know back then was normal it just still weirded me out money like i know he's 30 and she's like supposed to be 17 or 18 but it's i don't know it was weird that she liked him so much because he was supposed to be hot and rich Because in the book i understand why she wanted the viscount because she knew how much her family's um outcome was it was writing on who she married so it made more sense in the book for her to be like I want the Viscount because it's going to be really good for our family versus in the book or in the show she's just like I really want the Viscount because he's hot like nothing to do with any of the other stuff so it just was odd to me how much she really wanted him but I guess that was a cog in the romance triangle with Antony and Kate I don't know. I could have done with more of that from the book, but I understand, like you were saying, why they do things 
for television because it doesn't always like translate it's just like him sniffing her all the time visually looked odd yes but in the book you get it yeah um Ooh, the soundtrack oh my god when they did the instrumental of you ought to know yes i was like oh my god is that is that oh my god it is i love the soundtrack to the series because i i'm always sitting there trying to figure out which song it's a cover of yeah it's funny because a lot of times I'll, I'll watch these shows on my lunch break at work and i'll watch with subtitles on mm-hmm. so like it'll say the name of the song I'm like oh my god i'm gonna have to write this down it's like i bet this is on spotify like someone already made the playlist some of the songs i knew because i i like vitamin string quartet Mm-hmm. They do a lot of um, songs like that. Yeah. What was the Harry Styles song? Everyone's, they're like, there is no other version of this song anymore. <laughs> oh, um. The Sign of the Times? Maybe. It's what they played in the end when they were dancing and then everyone gets off the, uh, okay, I will say I love that part where they were dancing on the dance floor and everything had passed. Oh my God. When people started trying to talk shit and the queen's like, I think they're a beautiful couple. <laughs> and everyone's like oh shit yeah she's like i'm the one who called off the wedding yeah she's like so there that was so sad about the king because they've hinted at it i think there was something medical yeah but like the way that edwina handled it it's like oh "Oh, she really is a good person yeah i like and then it just makes you hate kate even more (laughs) well also edwina didn't get a love interest at all so I know that Kate and Antony are returning for season three, but they're not going to be the main focus anymore. So I'm hoping that they'll focus a tiny bit on Edwina or like show that she's married well and she's happy or something next season. Because maybe she'll end up with the prince. Oh, that's right. Yeah, there is there is a hint there. The queen's like, I have a nephew. That she tried to pawn off on Daphne. Yeah. She's going to get him a diamond. <laughs> Cressida Cowper's still like bitter about oh I called her Cressidia in our episode and then when they're like Cressida I was like oh shit but yeah Cressida come back yeah yeah fuck her I stand by it yep <laughs> there were so many little moments that I really liked and it's funny because a lot of them had nothing to do with Kate and Anthony yeah but that ball at the end the Featherington's ball I love that so much it was so cute I was like oh well, and I, I liked when he called her by her full name. Yeah. I think it's Kathani. Yeah, it's not what you would think it is. She had to have like a whitewash nickname for the Tawn. Right. Like um, they talked, there was an article about that, like anglicized names, mm-hmm. especially like back then. I mean, that's, that's just like throughout history. That's like when Irish yeah. immigrants came to the U.S., they dropped yeah like parts of their name to make it sound more american it's like their anglo anglicized name basically because us white people don't know how to pronounce names that don't sound white pretty much i mean i it's not just that i just i can't i can't even pronounce betrothed (laughs) so i care betrothed it's fucking hard it is that's really hard Words words are hard words are hard Overall, obviously, I like the show. I prefer the show to the Absolutely. Book. They definitely work some miracles. <laughs> they work some magic to make Antony palatable yeah. and believable 
as a romantic hero i mean they had their work cut out for them for real but i kind of like that in season one they didn't start doing it then yeah so that everyone went into this thinking ah fuck this guy i'm gonna hate this season so many people are saying that this is their favorite season really yeah so many people are saying they like this season more than one because of all the tension and the enemies to lovers um so it was it was one of two things they either absolutely loved it loved antony favorite or it was the complete opposite and people absolutely loathed it because of what they omitted from the book yeah they said all their favorite parts were taken out essentially from the book but I don't know so many people liked it and I I mean I we we went into it with a bias yeah because we read about anchovy yep but so many people loved it and I watched it in one sitting so I'm you know I'm I'm reading about it and stuff I'm like do I need to rewatch this did I miss something did I <laughs> what it's funny because the more behind the scenes stuff that I'm reading about the show Mm -hmm. and the actors and like how they came up with certain things that's what's making me like this season more yeah but I do want to go back and rewatch it because like you said you kind of go in with a little bit of a bias and that's not even because we like the book so much it's just because you're kind of expecting things to be a certain way he's still he's still trash but not as garbagey they toned it down a lot though because he was fucking mean as hell to his family to kate they toned that shit down so much he kicked her in the fucking stomach in the book yeah there was no mistress shit at all if you noticed he didn't none of that was brought up yeah like, yeah because if he brings that up there's no way that anyone will like him he seemed to have true like truer intentions but seemed a little more genuine in courting Edwina in the show oh yeah because in the book he didn't give a fuck there was a scene where I think it was like when he took her home they didn't even really talk she didn't like him they didn't really have anything in common yeah she was just doing it because of his station yeah but in this show it was the same like they didn't really talk I mean he seemed more earnest in his trying to court her but he was nicer to her in the show basically yeah but again like you said the PR team they got a hold of that really on top of their game this season yeah one of my big complaints though is um we didn't get as much Newton oh my god I know what the heck and it's funny because i did read somewhere that the dog on the set was kind of like a little shit which is really funny because <laughs> i feel like that's how newton was in the book oh yeah maybe they just got sick of dealing with the dog on set they're like you gotta go it's possible maybe corgis aren't the easiest to train yeah <laughs> for movies and shows yeah that's so cute any other any other let's see there was something else Oh, one one thing is really funny when talking about like the culture and stuff is when Kate talks about their poor excuse for a tea. Oh, I love that. And then I I read the article that I read about like the the culture that they put in the show talks about the tea and like all the different spices and it's kind of like a chai tea. That actually sounds really good. <laughs> I know, right? Like I I would love to try that kind of tea. Yeah, that was hilarious. And you see her make it at one point. Yeah, I really love that they included that. That was a really nice detail. Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought I thought they did a really good job with inclusivity this season. Yeah. I think they did a really good job with their source material, the writers and the actors of Antony and Kate. Yeah. And Edwina. Yeah. Oh man, Edwina was a standout. The actress, she did really well. I want her to be back next season. Yeah. Now that I mean she's technically like part of the family now because of course in yeah. the book Anthony provides a dowry for Edwina. Yeah. Because there was that whole thing of her needing to do well so she could get a good dowry. And then Anthony provides a dowry for her once he and Kate are married. So that takes pressure off of her to marry a well-to-do man. She can marry a scholar. Yeah. And now that Kate, but it's going to be the same thing. Now that Kate and Anthony are married, he's going to provide her a dowry, especially since they had the whole grandparent thing. But yeah, I was kind of hoping that they would at least have just a, just a smidge of her maybe having a crush or finding someone after Antony and Kate are married. Yeah. And but I mean, they, they did that in the book too. Like she was dating a scholar, but like, yeah, they did. They never even really got to know him. It's like, oh, she's yeah. like with someone. So you don't have to worry about her. Like, oh, okay. I guess everyone's happy. So they made her character more integral to the story, but still didn't give any kind of resolution for her which they might they might make an offhanded remark next season but I think her character was really well received and since Kate and Antony are back I don't see a reason why Edwina wouldn't come back as well yeah and maybe kind of meddle in the other couple's relationships that'd be pretty cute I'd like that yeah absolutely but yeah the actors did a fantastic job considering the source material absolutely and I think they're all pretty close like I was reading somewhere that they're like in a big group chat or something yeah so like it seems like everyone gets along really well stuff like that makes me like this like stuff more yeah because they all seem like decent people yeah they just seem like a fun group of people and they're all nice yeah um but you know I'm assuming you finished Bridgerton second season if you're listening to this. (laughs) Okay, so it's not the book. I think we rated, you gave the book 2.75 Mallets of Death. Yes. And I gave it 2.5 Mallets of Death. How many Mallets of Death would you rate the second season of the show? I give it uh, four Mallets of Death. Yay, okay. Four out of five, because I really liked it. I thought it was really well done. I mean, my only, you know, we talked about our qualms of things that we wish they would have included from the book and, you know, some things that they changed didn't necessarily love. But overall, I think they did a great job with the show. And like, I love the people that they cast for this show. I think they do such an excellent job. And you can just tell the chemistry, like between all the actors, everyone just seems to get along so well. Or if they don't, they do a good job of not showing it. Yeah, it's a really great ensemble cast. Yeah. What about you? What do you give it? You know, I think I'm also going to give it four mallets of death. Because while the whole, you know, Antony, Kate thing, they kind of flip-flop. They tried to make Kate the asshole and Antony the angel. Aside, I mean, it's not that those parts were bad. I just went in with a bias, but all of the side parts and just in general the tone and all the happenings all the goings on and the things that they did omit and what they did to replace them 
or pay homage because they did, they had to omit things, obviously, but say the venom sucking, they turned it into a really meaningful moment. Yeah. Yeah. They still found a way to give Easter eggs of book moments that they had to cut out. Right. So like Kate having an intense fear of thunderstorms in the book because of how she was traumatized as a child when her mother died in the show which and this is also kind of like a representation of her culture she talks about how her dad used to read to her during the monsoon I noticed that the area that she's from like that was those are the kind of storms that they would get and so it was still a thing that made her uneasy but reading her being in the library is something that calms her because it reminds her of when her dad used to read to her like you said they found ways to translate it yeah into the show so that it would make sense without having to add in all this other backstory that you get in the book yeah. But the book doesn't have a lot of plot, so no. it kind of relies on that, whereas the show doesn't need to because they have so many other moving parts. Yeah. It's like you could pick and stuff, but I think ultimately the way that they did it, it worked out well. I just wish they would have Kate made Kate a little more less of a villain because you're. it's almost like I wasn't as happy for her to end up with Anthony because I felt like she had really wronged Edwina when she was supposed yeah. to be looking out for her. And like the only reason why her and Edwina made up is because she almost died. Or it's like, if she didn't, would they still not be on good terms? Yeah. Yeah. And that was before Kate had even married him. <laughs> I, but I was also, I was still really annoyed with Anthony. Yeah. And his refusal to just stop courting her sister, even though he's having near hookups, near smooches with Kate at these events they're at where he's supposed to be courting her sister and he's off in a study or something, mouth breathing on Kate. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, overall, I think I'd give it, we give it four mallets of death. It was pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the things that we may not have noticed they were setting up in this season for next season mm-hmm. we know what to look for because we know some of the people who are going to end up together but you know it's just kind of like okay well now what's lady featherington going to do next season because she still has yeah two unwed daughters and it's going to be wrapped up in this new scandal you know like it'll be really interesting to see if they're still going to go in order i have a feeling they're going to push Colin ahead of Benedict or they'll make Collins bigger and then have Benedict's be a smaller part yeah like have them kind of go parallel but which is kind of shitty for Benedict but I don't know I feel like they haven't really fleshed him out I feel like Benedict is going to be more focused on like a career path yeah and you know kind of same with Eloise like she I mean she has this new romantic partner but like in reality we know they can't be together because he's working class and she's not no and I mean she would she's considered ruined yeah she's ruined essentially which was a big part of damn Penelope shut the fuck up I know. <laughs> it's like you didn't have to go that hard yeah no you didn't have to do that create a little bit of scandal not obliterate her reputation entirely yeah i i'm really hoping that they resolve things i don't know how they will because i mean 
That's pretty fucked up. I'm kind of mad at both of them, and they both have a right to be hurt. Yeah. And also be angry, but it's like, I mean, Penelope really did her wrong. Yeah, she did her really fucking dirty. (laughs) Like, I know you're trying to prove that she's not whistle down so you'd have to say something real outrageous but you didn't have to do that yeah but also i think penelope called herself protecting eloise from ruining herself but still it's like well now she doesn't have to ruin herself because you fucking did right because like with madame delacroix she like called her old Mm -hmm. and she's like well i can't like let everyone know i favor you and it's like well why couldn't you have done something subtle like that for eloise yeah exactly like you just outed out like her deepest secret and she could easily ruin you and your family but she won't because you know like you're both upset so it'll it'll be interesting to see like if they rekindle their friendship if I were Penelope I'd be sweating knowing that this one person who's mad at me has my deepest darkest secret yeah yeah I think I think they're gonna be doing uh Penelope and Colin next season which is interesting. I don't know how to do I, Now I don't know what to do on this podcast because I thought they were going to go in order and we could read each book before the next season. Yeah. We could lump a few of them together. Yeah, I might for like a theme, it'll be Bridgerton prep and we'll just read two books for the month. We'll just read all Bridgerton for that month. Oh. So I'm going to have to pay more attention and try to figure out around what time they're going to release the third season and i will dedicate a month to the third and fourth books so we can read those ahead because i have a feeling those are going to book going to be the books they really focus on probably it's not over yet i bet you guys thought you were going to get off without having a boner (laughs) but that is not true Along with the bonus episode, you are going to be getting a bonus boner. And this boner, again, like probably, I don't know, like the last four came from the article 101 Funny Slang Words for Penis, written by Sonia, manager and sex educator at the Intimates Boutique. Okay, so I kind of wanted to stay on brand for Anthony and find one that he would use, a nickname that he would call his dick thunder sword yeah i think he definitely would i mean if we're talking book anthony even though he a minute man he's bad at sex i said what i said well, he's all about penetration in the book yeah he's just all about jackhammering essentially so it would make sense for him to have a thunder sword yeah all right book anthony thinks he has a thunder sword show anthony i mean he might have a thunder sword we don't know we didn't see any sex scenes no We'll never know. Also, I feel like Thundersword, it would be Thor's dick. Yeah. Because, you know, God of Thunder. Down under. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so just a little little bonus boner there. All right. This is the bonus episode. Season two will start back up June 1st. Thanks for listening. In the meantime... I will continue to post all kinds of bookish content on the Instagram and TikTok accounts for the podcast. And those are actually linked in the episode description. Be sure to follow one of those to get the alert for when the podcast returns, just in case you forget. And if you haven't already, please like, rate, review, subscribe, 
whatever else you can do to give the pod a boost. Tell your friends. Tell your friends. Tell your do- mom. You're going to do this again. <laughs> tell your cousin. Tell your cat. Tell your dog. Maybe tell your third cousin, not the one you married, you know. <laughs> tell your therapist. Tell your plumber. Tell your salamander. <laughs> and, and remember, remember to fix, fix each other's crowns and, and don't, don't let, let the dicks, dicks get, get you down. down. Boop, boop. Doodles. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to support the podcast, you can do so by rating and reviewing on Apple Podcasts or liking, subscribing, and following on whatever platform you're listening on. Not enough action for you? You can follow Turgid Tom's podcast on Instagram, like the Facebook page, or join the Goodreads group where you can chat with other listeners, lurk tawdry reviews, and get a heads up on what we're reading and drinking. If you have any suggestions or feedback, you can send it to turgidtomes at gmail.com. And last but not least, remember to fix each other's crowns and don't let the dicks get you down.